Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. I'm your host, Camry Widmer, and joining us today are tractor drivers and barrel horse trainers, John Michael Poss from Tennessee and Leland Smith from Oklahoma. These guys have worked dirt at some of the biggest barrel races and rodeos in the country, and they know all about how to drive those tractors and work that dirt. They're also pretty funny and add a little extra hint of humor to this educational podcast on how to work your dirt and keep your barrel horses standing. Well, thank you guys for joining me on the RodeoKids.com podcast tonight. It's nice to be here. How is Oklahoma treating you? The weather is beautiful. We have had 78 degree days, some rain and uh, sunshine, and, and we're enjoying it. Much better than when we're here in July and it's 100. Yes, during the Little Richards finals, when you're there with me. Exactly. Yeah. We missed you this year. I know. I'll be back next year, for sure. Yeah, you had lots of people looking for you there. That's what I heard. I had lots of people asking and calling, and uh, next year, I won't make that mistake again. Good deal. Yeah. So, tell me about each of you guys, like, and what you do, who you are, and just kind of how you got there. Like, what's your story to becoming the tractor <laughs> drivers that you are? <laughs> gotcha it's a long and painful process but we'll try to get you through it <laughs> <laughs> one at a so, time one at a time <laughs> so my name is john michael poss and i started uh barrel racing with my family um since you know i had a pony and in, in, in kindergarten and my father trained barrel horses and that's what got me starting all this and actually trained futurity horses and put on some futurities over there east of the mississippi and north carolina and tennessee and uh so when I was about 14 years old, I met a nice fella who had invented a very great arena drag. Uh, his name is Don Reveal, and he invented the Reveal 4-in-1 and started that company. So I uh, worked with him uh, from a young age and just started working, did a lot of uh, barrel races, barrel fraturities and rodeos over there. And, uh, you know, here we are 25 years later and still at it still wow yeah so how old were you when you started uh 14 when I worked the first barrel race with Mr. Reveal wow did you love driving a tractor before that oh I was the coolest kid in town riding around <laughs> out there yes I loved it <laughs> was there a tractor preference that you had at age 14 so at 14 I didn't know a lot about them but my grandfather always had new Hollands, and that okay. were for, they were Fords then and yeah. so I just, I was like, man, I'm on this. Booth. Back when they were real good. Yeah, they were good old iron. And we, uh, we'd jump on those things. And, and if I had me a Ford tractor, I knew I was going to get some work done that week. <laughs> Still drives a Ford truck. Well, hey, I'm all about a good Ford, even though I drive a Dodge right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Leland, what's your story? Oh, Lord. Um, I started showing horses when I was about eight and did every event you could think of. And it, it got into where I, I kind of got hooked into English pleasure, Western pleasure and jumping. Okay. And I did that. went to college, um, went through equine, equine college and started breaking colts, training colts and, then I started dating a barrel racer, and next thing you know, I'm bored at the show and started working ground. And Where did you go to college at? 
uh, Connor State College in, okay. you know, Connor's, Oklahoma. Yeah. Warner, Warner, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Um, I did my pre-vet there and then went to um, Northeastern State and finished up, got a business degree and stuff like that. And I've just been with horses ever since, training horses, shoeing horses, working dirt. It's just horses are my life. That's what I do. Nice. And you're a farrier as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I try not to advertise that because it's hard work. Oh. And I, don't, well, I don't like it that much, but I sure like <laughs> I think both, I could probably speak for me and John Michael. I think we're both just out to help the horses um, do the best they can in any event or whatever, whether it's fixing their feet, fixing the horse, you know, or fixing the ground so they can have the best ride they can have. What about fixing the rider from time to time? Man, we fix, we fix. That's the hardest challenge. Yeah. <laughs> We, we don't we don't fix horses with people problems we fix people with horse problems and they're the uh, uh, absolute opposite we fix horses with people problems is that right something like that it's something the, 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 yeah the people mess them up and we we try to fix all that so it's it's fun yeah well good and what do you think like so i'm at equitana right now in kentucky and it's a whole different world, like the jumping and the dressage and all of the English riding. Like, what's your experience and like how that crosses over into barrel racing or does it or do you think it's good for people to try both? Oh, it's, it's definitely good that uh, they have very good posture. If you watch yeah. social, and I think a lot of barrel racers could definitely benefit from that, you know, staying square with your horse and they have good communication with them. A lot of times barrel racers are going in there and it's just all out full get every time. And uh, a lot of times you go back to those basics and you spend time communicating correctly with your horse and having a, a good posture, a good seat and everything's in the right spot. You're going to have a better outcome when you come out of that arena. Yeah, I agree. I, I think every every rider should own an English saddle and, and slap it on their horse and and ride with that just to just to help your balance and everything and even take the dirt off and and ride just just to be able to set center of it because the more leaning and pulling you do on a horse the worse you make it ah that's a really good point i can't agree more and i am actually um going to i've never ridden in an english saddle and i had never even sat in one until today and oh yeah yep and one of the little girls that I give lessons to, um, her mom used to ride dressage and she still has a bunch of saddles. So uh, she's having her daughter do some dressage riding. And I told her to bring over a saddle. So my next lesson is a dressage lesson. There you go. Yeah. And an English know. saddle. So what we're working on here this week, it's Western dressage. So it's a little different, um, but same principle, I suppose. Yeah. So in Western dressage, do they ride in Western saddles then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's no English saddles here. Gotcha. It's it's a lot of just collection and precision moves, yeah. you know, in in their patterns and. But it all it I mean whenever they're extending a gate or you know in a working pattern or working jog, it's the same thing you do with barrel racing or pole bending or working in any other discipline. It's just control mm -hmm. and communication with your horse. Back to the basics. Right. And this Back. is, it, it's very basic, but they perfect the basic things and that's what they're judged on. So it, it all ties together. 
Yeah, that's kind of cool. So when you are, you guys are tractor drivers. So we're talking about the ground. Like, how do you know what kind of ground each event needs? And like, I know there's, I know when I met you guys, like just the first year at the Little Birch's Palace, I was kind of mind blown by some of the things you said. So let's talk about that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm mind blown by a lot of the things you guys say, but I was referring to tractor drive. <laughs> I was gonna say you're just wide open right there, but either way, no. Normally, we don't have a uh, an option of what what can we do to make the ground better when it gets there or when we get there because we just have to deal with what's in the arena. But mm -hmm. ideally, if if we're gonna uh, call in an order, if you will, to to have the best opportunity to make it right. You know, it's going to be the right mixture of clay and sand, like red, red clay normally works better. Little, you got to have some hay and some horse manure mixed in with <laughs> yeah, it to be make perfect. It, make it dirty. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be dirty dirt for speed events. It, yeah. It, uh, a little it stick to her. Stick yeah. and slide at the same time. Yeah. And it's, it's nice to be able to, to keep water on it good yeah. and be able to run your rippers a little bit too. It, it's, so if you got too much sand, it, you know, it'll get real shifty and, you know, the ground won't hold on your really fast horses and the ones that really lean running into mm -hmm. a barrel. Um, but it's it's nice to have a little stick. And I can I can vouch for this. I, I just left Fort Worth from the uh, a barrel race that I worked and um, the ground was straight up sand. And after the first day of running 700 head, we brought in about 50 tons of clay straight up clay and mix it in and i think it fixed the whole the rest of the week wow yeah, just to make it stick yeah. and we had to change the dirt there was no way of keeping the show going unless we did and we did everything went perfect it was a great show great show and, and i think everything went great yeah but it's and we, we never know until the first 50 horses run on actually what really needs to be done gotcha yeah that makes rodeos hard on us because you don't get that training time in where you can kind of just see what the horses are doing and how the ground's working with them. So when we have those opportunities at maturities and barrel races and stuff, it makes our job a little easier. But no matter what the ground is, you really can go in and make adjustments just with your moisture levels and the depth that you're working at that. Or if you're you're pulling dirt with your tool and you're packing it back in, or if you're you're leaving it wide open and just trying to keep it busted up down towards that bottom. And uh, so yeah, it's there's no perfect dirt that we ever work there's always differences in it but we just do the best and use our experience to to make it the best that it can be for for that event there's there's places we love and there's places that people hate but it's it's one of those deals none of us work it the same yeah it's just it's just what we get accustomed to and i think it's pretty cool that john michael and i get to work together a lot because he he's a horse trainer i'm a horse trainer we know what the horses kind of need and we try to try to fix it for that there's there's a lot of times where you know they may not know what exactly what the horse needs they and it, it doesn't work out that great mm -hmm. That's, we, we we work together pretty darn good and yeah i mean we make it the safest safe safest better better and fast right so, that's that's yeah. all part of part of the experience as well if you you know that we have an advantage over some other folks that just they tractor drive and that's what they love and like Leland said he got started in it because his girlfriend was barrel racing you know right. and there's lots of folks that do that and that's great we appreciate them come on anybody wants to learn we'll throw you up there with us and give you some 
some uh, steering wheel time with us and we'll, we'll help you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But if, if you know how a horse is supposed to move and, and you felt that being on top of them, then it makes our job a lot easier. It makes it just its experience and knowledge and knowing what the horse needs to work with. And, yeah. uh, you know, it takes somebody like that to understand all aspects of it. You know, somebody, we could go out there and make it the most beautiful, pretty, smooth, flat arena, and it'd be junk dirt under it because mm-hmm. we didn't know what the horse was about to do or what how it was yeah, going to use that ground know. and where it's going to turn and where to where to fill it back in, pack it or rip it up. And so, yeah, that helps a lot. And then what Leland was talking about as well is it, anytime I go to a race and, you know, we something doesn't go perfectly, you know, I have a little speech I give to them, and I'm like, hey, I'm here to do – three things one i'm going to keep it safe for you guys two i'm going to keep it fair and even as possible and number three we'll we'll make it as fast as we can but safety is the the first uh the first thing that we think about anytime that we stick a tool in the ground and and expect somebody to come out there and give it their all yeah well and especially when you're doing it for that big of numbers i mean you have such a variety of horses and styles and weight and just so many different things to think about with your equine athletes alone let alone the way that different people ride and if they drop in or if they slide or like there's just so much that goes into it there's nothing scarier than a horse going into a barrel turn or a pole turn or whatever and the rider's got its head pulled out the opposite direction of the turn. And its mm-hmm. inside shoulder is laying down. And we're just gritting our teeth because we know that nobody's going to care about what the ground was if that horse goes down. They're not going to care about if what that rider was doing. They're just going to see the horse go down. I, I just got nervous when you say that. <laughs> yeah. I, I oh, when they go in, they pull their head the wrong way. You know, we're, we're going in, we're going to turn right. Don't pull your head left. You know, yeah. you're throwing your feet off, you're changing leads, you're going to cross fire and your hind lead all the way around the barrel, and then you're going to throw your throw your hind end out, and then, oh, it just makes me cringe, and it, it's gut-wrenching to sit on that tractor and watch 500 horses go in a day, and to be able to see them come in the alleyway and think, uh-oh, this horse might fall down. It's gut-wrenching, and it hurts, because I, and this is going to sound bad, but I like the horses better than I do the people. <laughs> I'm like, the last thing I ever want is for a horse to fall down and get hurt, anything like that. And, and, and same with Don Michael. It's one of those deals. I think 80% of of reasons of of slippage and stuff like that is probably the rider. I won't say jockey jockey problems, training problems. Yeah, it starts at uh, home. You know, right. and I, I, I don't want to discount any tractor driver out there. If you're brave enough to come out here and get on this and, and take the heat that we take, you know, I mean, we're working this dressage show and it's, I mean, nobody's breaking over a, a slow lope and mm-hmm. we're still going to take heat. The ground's just a little bit too deep or it's a little bit too shallow or it's a little bit uneven. You know, we, yeah. we take heat all day long, every day, at every show. Oh, yeah. Oh, it hurts. It hurts my feelings because I feel like I, I feel like we know what we're doing better than anybody else. If you want, if you want to, you know, argue about it, get on the tractor and try it yourself. So, right. yeah, another deal to, to think about too, and you kind of hit on it there was, you know, having your horse in shape and having them prepared for the moves that they're going to make on the ground. 
that's mm-hmm. a big deal. You know, people don't think about riding at home. They just, you get the ones that want to show up on Saturday and ask their horse for their life and ride it half the day and then go make a performance run. That doesn't work out very well. And it leads to some issues <laughs> that we see on the ground. And then we can tell which ones those are when your horse has no wind in it and it's stumbling around everyone. They get get tired about halfway to the third barrel and uh, all the effort goes away. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely can't underestimate like they're athletes. If you're asking them to be athletes, you need to treat them like athletes. Exactly. Especially if you're going to like, it's one thing if you're just going in there to cruise them through it have a good time and, and hang out with your buddies and you don't expect much and you're not going to ask them for everything. Like by all means, hobby barrel racers, love you. Thank you. Keep entering. But good. if you're wanting to go in there and win the one D you better be out there doing the work to do it. And yeah. even the two D like this is it's a tough industry and it, you need to take care of those animals. If you're going to, if you're going to spend the money and you're going to do all that and you know people pay you guys a lot of money to come and do this and keep the ground safe and and to take care of those horses and the riders and um we need to do our part as competitors to make sure that we're preparing them for that kind of competition you yes know, and our, our our three three four and five d riders is what pays our wages oh definitely they, that's it's changed the industry going to a 4d barrel race and oh yeah um we got to take care of them just, just, just as well as we do the, the one D's. And, but I'd like to see all those 3D and 4D people become the one D. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. Hey, it's a good spot to start, but don't, don't just stay there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, we're, that's why we're on here with you. We want to give some advice for everybody that wants to make it to the next level and see it from a different perspective, you know, yeah. put the work in, we're putting the work in for you. And you can darn sure do the same thing at home and give yourself a better opportunity. That's, um, mm-hmm. We're going to do our part to make sure you, you got that chance. That's another thing about the ground is, you know, and here's the difference. I've, I've trained and ran barrels and I, the 40 horses run different than the 1D horses. So when we work the ground, let's say we start the show out, I'm going to have 90 head of American qualifiers trying to come in on a qualifier American race. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to have it tight, tight hard and tight where it grabs hard and everything and then as soon as those 90 horses run and they all run 1d times then you gotta start with your 40 if you got a 40 horse comes in there and it runs loose and it throws its butt around and it you know in a in the wrong lead you gotta have that dirt loose and fluffy for them just to kind of take care of them to where if it's nice and tight and hard they they won't handle it so it's just changing throughout the day all the time just trying to keep everybody safe yeah I guess I haven't really thought of it that way but it's kind of like you talk about like you know you can have rodeo horses that are rodeo pro rodeo winners and they go to a barrel race and they're 2d 3d horses but it's because those rodeo horses can handle different ground and vice versa you know you've got those horses that'll go in there and smoke them in the 1d everywhere they go with the thousand head of horses you put them on rodeo ground and they fall apart that's right exactly it's what they're accustomed to and those rodeo horses i mean they're they're solid as they come and they know to to safety up and take care of themselves and we got to be prepared for those uh those horses that run the divisional races that are they they have no uh, no stopping them. They're going to give it a thousand percent. They're going to wreck themselves, and they don't care. 
And so we got to be prepared for, for both of those all day long. Especially yeah. young horses, security horses and stuff. They're coming in all day dirt run and everybody's you know, full handed on the reins. They're still figuring things out, how to use their feet and yeah. whatnot. They're young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about make you sweat. <laughs> yeah. So what's your guys' advice on like, you know, you see people who go in and they're like, oh, this horse is, you know, four or five, six years old and they, you treated on him. He's a 1D horse. Like I'm going to take him to the rodeo now. What do you think about that? Uh, be patient. You know, don't expect them to be the same horse that they were at the barrel race that they're going to be at the rodeo. Um, one, the ground's going to be different. That's what we're talking about here. Two, the environment is way different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you got lots of factors there. So you're going to have a bunch of donkeys pulling a wagon around <laughs> with flags blowing. You better be ready to. Yeah. You know, don't it's it's it's, it's traveling. You got to you got to you got to haul them and get them used to that. Yes. I mean, it's you just have to get them used to everything around. It, I don't know how else to make a rodeo horse besides just haul them. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time and experience and hard work, dedication. So if you, like, if somebody were to know that they wanted a futurity and they knew that they wanted to rodeo, what do they need to do different when they ride? When they're running that futurity horse in that good ground that's manicured, that's safe, that, you know, you guys have spent hours doing and dragging every five versus the, we're going to run 15, it's muddy, it's wet. Like, what do they need to do to, to prepare themselves physically, like the way they ride? Stay in the middle of your horse. Yes. And keep their shoulders up. Keep their hind ends and up under them. Keep them. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't don't ever let yeah. yourself just go out there and get out of whack. So that goes right back to home and preparation and having control and communication with your horse and knowing yeah. what, what you guys are doing together. Teach your horse to go in that barrel and set that inside hind leg in that in the in the ground. Don't be throwing it out and, and keep the shoulder up and flex your horse the, the same size as the circle you're trying to make. Yeah. And, and whenever you get in the backside of that barrel, get off of its head and get out of it. I mean, get out of it. Don't sit back and hold on and wait on the horse to take off for you. You got to take off for the horse. And, you know, some decent advice or what I would think is decent advice is if you show up to that rodeo and you got junk ground, go make a training run. Oh, yeah. Safety Don't up. try to win that thing. You know what? If you see the other girls having trouble or the other guys or whoever, you know what? There's another day tomorrow and there will be another yeah. day at the rodeo. So take care of yourself and, and your equine partner. And work on that average more than winning the day show. Yep. Yeah. Well, and it's really important to just know your horse too. like make those training runs on that ground until they learn to stand up. You know, like there's some rodeo horses that like there's a lady here in Iowa, her name's Carrie Schlater, and she used to have this black horse and the trashier, the better that sucker knew how to stay square and he could stand up. And when other horses were slipping and sliding, I mean, that sucker would go in there and tear it up. But yeah. that's just knowing your horse too. And like building that relationship and, and making those training runs first when you see other girls going and preparing your horse for it in that atmosphere um, time and time again until you know they can handle it. Yes. Now I've got a friend, Randy, and I'm not going to name throw. I don't want anybody to say anything, but uh, okay. <laughs> I got a friend, Randy, and I, I, she, she's, she's whooping ass around everywhere she goes. And her old horse, I mean, he's dirty. He goes in and lays on his belly to get around the barrels and everything, but stands up and she isn't on his head. 
she hardly grabs a saddle horn. And I mean, he'll, he'll daylight them two or three, four tenths. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it doesn't matter how bad the dirt is. He stands up instead of that leaning deal. And that leaning deal is what kills us. I mean, just kills us because there's, it's so hard where you almost have to bank the arena dirt like you would NASCAR racers trying to get around the end of the track. Right. Yeah. So what do people need to look for? Like, I mean, say there's a lot of people here who aren't big time barrel racers or, and they're just getting started or their kids are just getting started. Like, how do they know, like say the ground's dry and it looks like it's great. What do they need to do to get in that arena to figure out what those barrels are going to be like? Are you talking about trying to fix the dirt or what they need to do? No, I'm talking about my kid or I'm entered at the barrel race or I'm entered at this rodeo and I am there ahead of time. I've ridden around in it a little bit, but I don't know what, I don't know how to tell when ground is good and when it's bad. What are some just run of the mill tests that you can do to kind of figure out if it's going to hold or not? Man, it's, and that's the deal. I mean, it, it, it's it depends on the horse and the trainer how, mm-hmm. the, how the horse runs in i'm talking keep their shoulder up keep their butt under them they'll stand up on anything get them to run on top of the ground as long as they can get their butt down and stay on top and not try to dive off and bank off the ground i, I think is, i just got back yeah I'm, I'm just keep that horse banking off the side trying to bank off the dirt and leave stay on top of it get quick yeah. get quick around the barrel well it, it's fast too though to to have that one that goes in there and slams in the ground and swaps right back out and that's a really cool feeling it's a cool <laughs> ride it's awesome and when you get to that point with your horse then you're you're in a good spot yeah. but uh, for a ground guy we're like oh god please, please hold please hold. yeah please yeah hold. i don't i don't <laughs> <start> <laughs> no. try to always keep things right just like we were talking about a minute ago you got to keep yeah. it right. That, that that divisional horse that goes in there and blows everybody away, and the the three D two D horses that are safety and up. You know, yeah. it's all day long to keep that prepared. Keep them square. That's right. And then, everybody's making really nice drags now, to where we can water throughout the day. We can you know rip, you know pack whatever. I mean, it 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 just depends on how much knowledge you have on running the drag. If you can, you know, run it correctly, keep the arena level, plus keep it the same. Because we want, okay, I want, I want a 14.5 ran in the morning, and I want a 14.5 ran at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I want it to be the even all day long. Yeah. And that's, that's the hardest thing to work on is keep everything exactly yeah. all day yeah. level. Yeah. Safe, yeah. fair, and fast. Right. I know like when I used to pro rodeo a lot, like even now when I rodeo and I run barrels, like I would go in the arena beforehand and like, even without my horse, I'll just leave my horse in there. And like, I go in and I kind of kick that dirt around and I kind of dig my foot in there and see like how deep it was. Like, is it, if, when I get this far, like if, if I get three inches under there, is it going to be hard? Or if I get eight inches under there, is it still going to be going, you know, and yeah. letting my horse feel that beforehand really helps too. Fun rodeo fact that probably not many people are going to talk about, and we'll just spill it right here on Cammy's podcast. <laughs> the, rodeo kids. Uh, <laughs> oh, pretty pony. Uh, the uh, so at a rodeo when you show up there in front of the buck and shoots, those stock contractors they want a firmer ground for their guys 
their horses, their bulls to be able to work on. Right. Bulls, if we had and... if we had that same ground out there in the barrel pattern, it would not be near as safe. So we go to a rodeo, the buck and shoot in is gonna get a firmer ground. The uh, the barrel pattern it's gonna be a little deeper, and then down there by the the calf or the the, the roping pins and whatnot, <clears throat> it's gonna be a little uh, a little firmer as well. And then you know when you got the bulldogging in there, you're gonna have it where those guys aren't tearing up knees and ankles and all that when they're trying to wrestle you them want, down. You want it fluffy on top, <clears throat> but they can still slide yeah. across the ground. It's kind of like, like you got to have raining ground for the bulldoggers. You got to have barrel racing ground, and you have to have bucking ground. Keep so your moisture. Huh. you have three different areas in a rodeo pen. Yeah. And, of course, as soon as they go to haul the barrels out, they're going to take a one-ton dodge and drive right where the horses <laughs> run and drop the barrel out right there. They're going to pack it <laughs> on the stake and pack the crap out of it. There's going to be a slick spot right there. And, yeah. You know, those things I see at rodeos, I'm like, oh, my God, that truck just went right over where the horses are going to turn. You oh, hit yeah. a hard track, you know, it's, you know, it's going to be harder than what's right next to it. Yeah. It, it's a pain. But that's where lots of committees are, are seeing the difference that it can make in the competition and kudos to every one of them that throws a tractor drag in yep. before, during, uh, whatever, during those speed events where it makes such a difference. Yeah. And, that, I, and those hand it. rakes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. I'm not, I'm not a big hand rake guy. It no. just, it's not the same. <laughs> it, it's it still it better than nice. nothing. It's a good effort. 100%. But yeah, if you really want to change things and, and give every competitor that edge that they, they need to, to be the same as the first competitor out or the 12th one, then you really need to have a tractor in there and pack that ground back in and get those, uh, get everything cleaned back up right. Another big game changer is having lasers instead of stakes. Yeah. Oh, that's, a good, that's a good thing to talk yeah. about. You so, go right over it. You it, don't have to worry about pulling a stake out. Yeah. So you're not piling dirt up in one spot. You can hit the whole thing and make it even for everything. So if you're a, a tractor driver and you want to hit all around that stake, it takes at least four trips around the arena to make that happen. Huh. So, Wait, yes. Four, right. Four Either way. So you have to have four trips to hit every angle to get it. And it takes four yeah. trips around the arena to hit every angle at a, uh, at a barrel stake. Okay. And if you have lasers or something, even a, a, a marking that, that we could drive through, something more than just a piece of rope on a horseshoe <laughs> that's going to rip right out the first time we go over the Weed eater stage. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about speeding up an event or making it better. Uh, and another thing is you think about the tractor tires, whenever we have to drive right over the same set of tracks. So if you have a, a pin, say, or that rope, we have to drop right by it with our tractor tires every time. Rather than having a laser, it packs it. you it can drive anywhere in that area. So mm. it makes a big difference as well. Yeah. That, that tractor tire is going on the backside of that barrel every time whenever there's a stake because you have to get in there and fill those holes up, but your tractor tires are still packing it. And yeah. it, it makes it slick because you cannot drag over that stake or you'll rip it out or cut it off. And then you got to spend another 10 minutes running your tape measure and redigging and putting another stake in. So it's, man, if yeah. everybody get on that laser deal and, and stick with it, you know, and then there's, there's other, there's, there's cons about lasers too. If your dirt gets unlevel and it's high at the barrel, then that means the barrel moves. 
yeah. with the laser. But I you, even you know that, a lady that sells lasers. Her name is Sharon Woodford. She's my mom. Lady that sells them. Yeah. Yeah. I think yes. you do know a lady. We yeah. actually have a set right here at the Lazy E this week that we bought from your mom. Awesome. And they are very handy. They are very Are handy. they green dot or red dot? They're red dot and they're perfect. Uh, good. Yeah. The green dot ones work outside too. I think, right, right. I think it'd be nice to get them set up for Little Bridges next year for the pole bending. Oh, yeah. If, if we could do that, yeah. that would be nice. Oh, I know. It'd be <laughs> nice, though. Maybe we could do some some trading with the Lazy E. That's what yeah, we do with the, the Junior so. High Finals has had um, her lasers there in Des Moines at the State Fairgrounds um, the last couple, the four years that they, or three years, I guess, that they had it there. And same thing, you know, it makes it quicker, makes it smoother, makes it faster, makes, you know, where it's at every time. And like in the WPRA, they use a stake and they just set the barrel on top of the stake, not even beside it. So like, well, it's how not even the same part every time. And so when that tractor drives over it, there's a little, no matter what tool we're using, there's a little bit of dirt flopping out every time. And it yeah. makes a little crest for that barrel to sit on. So you might have metal barrels, but they're going to act like plastic ones by the time we're done dragging. It's just gonna, <laughs> yeah. it's sitting up on a little mound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Makes it easier to go down. So Absolutely. like when you're dragging, I've been told, we got a TR3, I think is what it is, arena okay. drag. And so Brazil type deal. what's that? Is it a Trevor Brazil TR3? ABI? I for sure. My dad probably yeah. could, but he got an <laughs> instructional DVD with it. And they had like something to do with how you, the angles at which you drag. Does that make a difference in like making crosses in your yeah. arena versus going yeah, flat? So absolutely. If you have uh, if you have it what we call pulled forward, your plows are more in the ground, straight in the ground, and they're digging harder and they're digging deeper. And if you have it like laid back, then you're more pulling and packing dirt. Yeah, so yeah, we're, we're talking about your top link on your tractor of adjusting it to where you're sucking the drag up closer to where your your rippers will rip harder. And if you push it back, you're packing and filling it back in. Yep. Okay. So whenever you link, when you lengthen your top link on your tractor out, you're packing and filling in better. Whenever you shorten it up, you're you're ripping. Okay. But yeah, and, and when you're dragging your arena, don't do the same pattern every time. Do opposite directions, diagonals, um, circle drag, anything you can do different. Just don't do it the same every time. It'll help you keep it more level. If you go the same way all the time, if it's a three-point drag, whenever your front end of your tractor goes down, your tool comes up and you start making a little hump and then vice okay. versa. Yeah, you got to be really handy on your lever mm -hmm. to, to keep it level. But So if you change directions often, you won't build that memory in the ground and or you, and you'll you'll end up with a, a much smoother arena. That's why we change directions every five horses in a barrel race. Yeah, we never go the same pattern. I we did not our, realize that. Yeah, if you watch, there's four or five different ways we can go and uh, cover it in the same amount of time. And so, yeah, you switch it up every, everyone. Huh. Interesting. So is that with you guys using one tractor per arena or is that two tractors or three tractors or? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. So if you got okay. the lead guy will go out and he's kind of just going to be in charge of 
pulling dirt into the holes and which, dropping it, and the other guys packing in. Yeah, which way we're going to go. So, yeah, you just fall in. First guy sets pattern, and you work it. Interesting. Have you ever ran into another tractor driver? Absolutely not. <laughs> I haven't. This guy. <laughs> I, got, I had a greenhorn helping me one time, and it was, it was uh, after the show was over. And I said, all right, buddy, you stay on that side of the arena. I'll stay over here. I'm going to pull all this dirt off the side of the, the rail. And then I said, I just want you to circle and just kind of level it back out. Hmm. And next thing I know, he's right in front of me. And I was looking back, you know, to see how much dirt, because I'm right on the fence, trying not to hit the fence. And I look up and I'm right on him and hit him. And oh, knocked no. Our knocked her tires off the rim what oh i was ready to kill him my god i was ready to kill him i'm like why are you even close to me this is a big because i told him i was i'm gonna be looking backward the whole time and i tell barrel setters the same thing do not walk out in front of me because i'm usually looking behind me at my drag not in front of me yeah. Like, do not walk out in front of me, please. And he pulled right up in front of me and I hit him. Oh, right in the back <laughs> tire. My front tire went off the rim. His back tire went off the rim. We had to pull him outside on flats and get a 24 hour night guy, you know, tire guy to show up and put him back on the rim, <laughs> rebeat him. Oh my God. Did you have to stop the show? Oh no, this is after the show was over. We were just doing the cleanup for the next day. Well, but at no, least it not, wasn't not the end of the show. I did see a, a guy I learned from is a very great uh, horse trainer and a, and a really good tractor guy. I did see him get ran over. He stopped to get a shoe. He saw a horseshoe that was laying out in the arena. And his stepson was dra driving the other tractor and was looking backward at his drag to make sure he wasn't you know tearing stuff up and when whenever he stopped his tractor to get off and get that horseshoe that kid ran right up in the middle of his drag just rear-ended him bigger than heck oh, no. <laughs> yeah but you know and i've seen other wrecks you know at world world show i watched the guy he was dragging for jumps and just didn't turn quite enough or the drag was too heavy and he couldn't turn didn't use his brake to help him turn and went straight up the wall at oklahoma city i mean straight up the wall blew the tire broke the rim Ooh. Uh, there, if you haven't if you haven't tore something up working dirt you haven't been doing it long enough <laughs> <laughs> pretty fair statement yeah. <laughs> something's gonna get broke <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Always. You, that's everything you do in life. I got done. I got done dragging uh, the warm-up pin. What was that? Two nights ago, and I, I parked the tractor and I got off and I heard bam, 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 bam. I looked over at John Michael and he's hitting the brakes. Uh, one of the bars broke off of the basket on the back of the drag and it's just banging. And he he <gasps> he had to stop and you know it was a it was a it was an equipment malfunction. It yeah. wasn't anything to do with John Michael. We have subpar equipment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're having to replace stuff. I'm trying not to cuss on this thing. Uh, we're having to replace <laughs> stuff all the time. I mean, and I'm like, oh crap, he's got bars flying everywhere. <laughs> 
Just pull it out, take it to the world. <laughs> go get the other tractor out and that's funny. And go back. <laughs> God. How often do you have to replace like the teeth on a drag? Oh, depends on the drag. Yeah. So there's no, I, don't, I don't want to name bro. <laughs> well, I'm not scared of that, but um there's different quality tools in each of them. So normally like on the better tools you'll get a full show out of your ripper teeth. Like uh, say if you were running 500 head a day for a three day barrel race, you're gonna get a full show out of a side. And uh, then you, you'd flip them when you got back home and you'd have another day of them. Plows, most of them, the better ones have two sides to each one. So you get you get about two shows per, per set of teeth. Okay. So there, what's your different, kind of different teeth? equipment has better you know, better teeth and stuff. I mean, it just depends on what you're doing. What's There's your favorite tool to use? For uh, barrel racing, the Reveal 4-in-1 is the, um, it's, it's Primo. That That's what you want to use for raining, cutting, uh, horse show ground, uh, ABI equipment. Kaiser. Kaiser drags, um, same, same deal there. I use groundhogs mainly because where I'm at, we don't have reveals around and so groundhog is a good it's a good tool um use them a lot uh and and do just fine with them uh, i don't think there's a really a bad drag out there I, the I operator. operators there's operators yeah. and there's it's not none of the drags are bad they all have their their place but yeah. it depends on what discipline that you're working and what you're trying to do with the ground so mm -hmm. they all they all have a place it's just Sometimes we end up having to try to use them in a way that they weren't designed for, and that gets to be yeah. a little difficult for us. I would say, and I'll say this, and it might get me fired from some shows and stuff, but I will say if you want to move dirt with a blade, be able to rip it and smooth it out at the same time, you've got Kaiser, ABI, Groundhog, and Reveal. And I can't, I can't speak for any other drags where you can do all that at one time without having to get it off and change everything on the drag to make it work. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people are liking, what's the, the Black Widow? Yeah. Have you seen those? I have. Yeah. So I don't I really know much about them, but I've seen I don't them. either. Yeah, we haven't used yeah. them, but uh, I've, I've been places where they've worked ground and it's been very good. I've seen some really big barrel races and they've done good work with those. So. It's yeah. all in, in what you learn to use and, and how you use it. You, you, the, the people and, just have to adjust to it. And, and, and if it you out. show up and your arena is already level when you get there. Also, yeah. Big difference. What about the water tank on the drags? Yay or nay? Nay. It's nay. a hard note Why? for me. Leland likes to use them. I use them. I think it keeps things more consistent throughout the day. Yeah. Um, where I can water on the big drag you know, and put a hundred gallons on it or whatever at the big drag at 50 horses. Um, and I wasn't like that until I started working all these big rainings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, rainings, you got to keep it almost dusty, but almost wet. And it's, uh, I think it's, a, a, I think it's a necessity on, on using it. Um, on the other hand, what you can do is you water it good at night, and then during the day when it starts drying out, if you go in and you rip it up, and you bring moisture out of the bottom, and you lay it back down, and it's fine. 
I mean, you can get through the whole day without having to have water tanks. But like during the raining, you do not go in and rip the ground up. Yeah. At all, ever. So I, I, I've kind of gotten accustomed to that. And I, 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 I kind of rely on a water tank. Yeah, yeah I don't work. I don't work horse what they call horse shows where you have all those disciplines that much so i'm more accustomed to making sure that you've done your due diligence and your preparation is right if you've got enough moisture all the way through the bottom of that ground you can pull it up all day long and you'll be just fine i don't like putting it on top it makes it makes it kind of slick for uh yeah for a long day and if you don't have enough in the bottom you're not going to have ground either way so okay what you see on top is window dressing yeah <laughs> that's yeah. all it is mm-hmm. you gotta go in and rip the rip the guts out of your arena put water in it let it soak in let it get down in the base get down the bottom it's kind of like it's got its own personality like what you see on the surface like is only like that's the makeup it has nothing to do with what the dirt really uh-huh. is right, right. yeah it's, <laughs> it's easy to make it pretty it's, it's, it's just like picking a girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> gotta go with underneath of the surface yeah, that's exactly right. you never know what you get until you get down in there <laughs> hey i'm proud of you on that one leland <laughs> working past the surface is always <laughs> that's funny and that's all interesting so like how do you know what size tractor you need oh, depending on what size tool you're using yeah. so yeah it's uh Every one of those folks we've talked about here today is they have different sizes for whatever you have at home. And we mm-hmm. kind of have our favorite size, which is about an eight foot wide tool. Yeah. And those normally take about uh, 80 to 120 horse tractor. So we're okay. right there, right there in that range is what we look for. Try to keep it where it'll cover your tractor tires up, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and tear the ground up below your tractor tires. But it's, it's different. You know, 20 years ago, we'd use 40 horse tractors with a six and a half, seven foot reveal or groundhog and get along just fine. But 20 years ago, people didn't bitch about the ground. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's the truth, though. It's the truth. <laughs> 20 years ago, you run in there and your horse falls down. You get up and think, I should have trained that sucker a little bit better. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the truth. <laughs> Times have changed. They've changed. I mean, but, you know, lighter the tractor, the less you're going to pack the dirt and stuff. But anymore, if you got a 100-horse tractor and 8-foot drag, you're going to do just fine. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of like standard. I'm sorry. I hate to be that old. That is, yeah, that's that's what, if, if we call to a show ahead and they ask us what we want, we need a hundred horsepower tractor with four wheel drive and four remotes or two two remotes uh, for the hydraulics to work. Is there any trick to keeping it level? Like, is there like a just a general rule of thumb that like yeah, people yeah. can go home and think about? Like, obviously, you have to know your tractor, you have to know your levers, okay. you have to know all of that. It but. takes experience, it takes practice, and then some folks put those training wheels on their drags at home and they leave tire marks behind it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that, that makes it a little bit easier. There's a, they have laser levelers on drags now. Right. Oh, uh, wow. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, you, can, you can buy one. If you want to spend the money, you can buy one laser leveler, and it'll level it for you. 
Really? You still, you still need to know how to run the, the drag. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like we talked yeah. about earlier, switching directions often. And if you ever mm -hmm. make that hole, you know, get it filled in and go different directions and, and pack it back in. If you if you have a hole and you just kind of lay dirt back into it, you're going to dig it right back out. So you need to water it. You got to pack it in and then it'll stay for you pretty good. Yeah. But if you go over a hole and you ever feel your front end go down, you pick up on your drag. If you feel your front end go up, no, no, backwards, 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 backwards. <laughs> you feel your front end. When you when your front end drops in the hole, you push down on the drag. Yes, and you go it, with it. It, it grabs. Okay, so Camry, I know you drain barrels and stuff. Whenever you go into a pen that they've been exhibitioning in, there's mm -hmm. been a bunch of horses went around barrels. It's a huge dip. Mm -hmm. So I'm driving tractor across, and I drop off in that hole with my front tires. You have to pick up on your. You drag. put your drag down, and grab what's behind you yeah. because your drag is going to pick up when your front end goes down. And then whenever, as soon as your back tires drop off in the hole, you pick back up and it drops all that dirt right in the hole. And so it's, it's not something you can learn overnight. Lots <laughs> of timing. Have you, have you ever gone into a, a, an arena and thought, oh my gosh, we could do motocross in here. It's just so unlevel. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I've been in a lot of, I, I'm a rodeo girl. I've been in all kinds of arenas where they yeah. literally did do motocross in there the night before. <laughs> That's the, well, this, you know, a lot of people just set the drag down and drive and they don't ever move their hand and, and, yeah. the and it just gets worse and worse and worse. It never fixes itself. And they go the same way every time you have to change directions, pull dirt where it needs to go backward, back, back where it needs to go. Yeah. What about boxes? Let's talk about roping boxes. Like, how do you, how do you drag those? <laughs> well, not a trick question, not intended to be a trick question. It's hard because no drag has teeth on the very back to yeah. back up in and hook in right in the back of the box and pull it out. Mm -hmm. now, you can, you can put a blade down back there and drag some back out of it but mostly the back side of rope box it, it takes a hand rake or okay. you can help yourself a ton as well go ahead and fill that thing up with sand and what sand will do is loosen up the ground yeah and it won't ever pack as hard so if you put you know, a good three or four inches of sand on top of it it's going to mix in as those horses use it and it won't pack mm -hmm. as hard and then you yeah. can do it easier with a hand rake yeah, little bridges, high school finals stuff. Every day we take a skid steer, skid steer, and drop bucket of sand in every rope and box. Every one of them keeps it alive. Huh. And and the and the bucking shoots and stuff. <clears throat> yeah, that way the horse is standing in there. If rough stock's got to stand and stomp around it for a while, keeps it from getting slick because they pee in there and everything. Yeah. And, you know, it packs yeah. it. There's no way you can rip it. So we dump sand in there so they got a little bit of give yeah. and. Gives them a good Trash start and keep them slipping. Yep. Hmm. I know one thing too, like any time that I've gone to a rodeo and like, I really try to make sure to watch the bucking horses before the barrels, because they usually have, you know, bulls always at the end, but you can watch the South Park ride horses and the bareback horses and the pickup horses. And that'll tell you a lot about how the ground is too. It will. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the, 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 the pickup, that man, that's the best thing to watch. Oh yeah. The, watch them work their horses and see how deep they're going into it because they're, they're turning the tightest of anything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the pickup guys are cutting in and they're they're running up into stuff and making sharp rollbacks and stuff like that. 
yeah, there's a lot more unexpected, uncalculated stuff that goes into that because you don't necessarily know what the bucking horse that you're dallied onto is going to do. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. Huh. If it was I didn't my know bucking horse, would go back to the feed trailer, but whatever. What's that? If it was my bucking horse, it'd go right straight back to the feed trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just but depends yeah, on where it, you're it, at. It's exactly sure. right. I, there's so many factors in this thing. It's really hard to explain without just experience. I mean, we're talking, well, yeah. you know, Don Michael's been doing it 25 years, 25 years. I've been at it for 20. Um, and we've both been riding, showing and breaking, training horses our whole life. And it's just one of those deals where you got to just know a horse and know cattle. Uh, that's another thing is these, these cattle shows and stuff. You, you got to know cattle and, Raining cow horse is a whole different discussion. It's it's a it's a heck of an event to work ground for. It's tough. Yeah. But I'm but sure. fun. It's really fun. I mean, you almost have to have barrel ground and raining ground at the same time, but let them slide to a stop, but also they need to turn like a barrel horse would. Yeah. Well, and I think like that's a good point too. You know, like at home, I live in black dirt country. And um yeah, that old, you know, like that old gumbo black stuff up there where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like our indoor arena, my dad puts in um, some kind of lime, lime filings or something that's similar to sand, but it's a little bit coarser. Um, and we've had really good luck with that. And our footing's really good and stuff. And like our horses are always safe and whatnot, but like, I can't expect my horses to slide as much on that. Like when I'm breakawaying and stuff, because it doesn't have as like, it doesn't have the hard cannon and it doesn't have as much give nope. to it. Whereas if I take my horse to a sandy kind of like, huh, my horse can stop like 10 times better. Like that was really cool. Even though my horse is still doing their job. Like I think sometimes people get a little bit critical of, well, my horse isn't sliding to a stop. Well, your horse is going to hurt itself if it slides to a stop in that. It's a, uh, and that's another thing too. Um, it's one of those training deals. I mean, yes, black dirt will grab and hold. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to come to an abrupt stop. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and all you do to fix that is just start adding sand. Mm -hmm. um, but whenever I'll shoot, let's say we're going going somewhere and it, it is tight dirt at a raining or something like that. Those horses they teach to really stop on their heels instead of stop with their toes. If they get back, get them back on their heels, they'll slide forever. Yeah. And keep going. And you can see them pedaling really pedaling with their front feet and and keep them moving with their front feet instead of just letting their back feet drive up under them uh-huh and so it's it's a it's a really big difference it's and it's it's just like barrel racing it's a training it's a training mm -hmm. technique you know to get that long slide but then there's the horses that want to stop on their toes and you have really big hard deep stops like your calf ropers and stuff that's uh I mean, you got to train them differently. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's, well, different purposes. You know, they're just different purposes. You got to know, know your event, know your purpose. And they all serve a good purpose. Like, um, you know, one thing that I've really been reminded of this week is that it's, I, I did a podcast with Steve Gander a couple weeks ago, and he shed light on the fact that only 2% of the population of, the, of America knows somebody in agriculture. Not just rodeo, not just ranching, but agriculture as a whole. Only 2% right. 
people. So like we all as horse people, no matter if you ride English or Western or whatever you do within those disciplines or whatever, like we got to stick together and continue educating and supporting each other because they all have a purpose and we all enjoy it for whatever reason and not be too critical of it, but learn about it instead of like being negative on any of it. Yeah, exactly. And and, and then we can jump over into horseshoeing also. (laughs) I mean, I feel like we might need a whole nother podcast for that. Yeah, I know. And and that's the whole deal. There's so many equations that can come into effect on how a horse performs in an arena. Mm -hmm. I mean, my my fiance came in, you know, we did 1200 head. Oh, it was a year or so ago. And an arena, 1200 head, no slips, no bobbles, no falls, no nothing. Her horse was acting silly. And I thought there was something wrong with him. You know, on the last day she ran him and Lord, he just pancaked on the third barrel. And I'm sitting there on the tractor videoing. And I'm too stupid to jump off the tractor and go help her when she's laying out there dying. I'm still videoing and everybody runs up. Oh, you're in trouble. You messed the ground up blah 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 and i said no nah, it's daggum horseshoe well i i shoot the horse also <laughs> you're responsible one way or the other you know the 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 two days after we got home took him to the vet got him tested for epm and he's straight up 96 percent positive epm Ooh. you know there's so many factors in there that come to play on what you know why horses have problems with ground and yeah riding and you know or or their health problem while they look like crap you know i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> take the phone from me don't lie. <laughs> oh lord help <laughs> all right girl <laughs> we we're gonna have to get back to work here in a minute okay so. awesome well thank you guys this is awesome and so much information and stuff to think about and just to take into consideration it's so good to see you we missed you this year yeah well time. i'll be seeing you soon are you still in lexington Yes, we are here until tomorrow is the last day of the show, and then we're going to go to Noah's Ark on Monday, and then go. Oh, I've heard that place is cool. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. It's on my bucket list, so I am going to check it off. Sweet, we'll have fun. Good talking to you. Yes, thank you guys. Thanks for taking the phone from Leland before he said anything that was going to get me thrown off the air. Thanks for tuning in to the RodeoKids.com podcast. Please share this with your friends and family and let us know if you have any suggestions or comments about the podcast. We would love your feedback. Have a great day, safe travels, and God bless.